sharing and the other words, Sister Beryl and Pastor Carl for sharing. And our children can be dismissed. Y'all go have a great time. I feel like if there was a central theme to everything that we're hearing today, first of all, I'm, I'm encouraged because it lines up, I think, beautifully with what I want to share with you guys this morning. But to, to simplify it into just a simple phrase is to lift up your eyes. Don't get tempted. Don't get discouraged. Don't get to, to be like Peter and look at the waves. That's a trap. That's what the enemy would have you do. He's trying to take your head and push it down. Right. And, and God's just saying, lift up your eyes. That's all you got to do. Lift, it, lift, it, lift them up to me. See me on the throne. Look to your shepherd. The seasons change. The wind and waves may come. People change. Other gods change. Everything changes. But the Lord is knocking on the door of our heart. Like Pascal said, and he's inviting us to come and to join him. So if you haven't heard already, Pastor David got sick. It's so sad. I got the call last night, actually, from my mom, because my dad was so sick, he, he couldn't even just think about making a phone call. And he, he must have eaten something, we think, that just, he was fine working in the yard, everything was great. And things just went south yesterday, uh, late, quickly. So, um, so I was asked to preach this morning. And so I, I, I pulled a message from something that I shared with y'all four years ago, actually, which I couldn't believe it was that long ago because um, it, it just it's so weird how fast time goes by. But I just, and this was, this was, when I was youth pastor, and I would share like the last message of the year. So it was fitting, just new year, like let's refocus, let's refix our eyes on the shepherd, you know, on our king. And then I just, everything I felt like that was saying this morning, everything that was shared just supported that idea. And I think what Pastor David shared with us last week was incredible about being new wineskins. Because God has something that he wants to do in your life new. The former could have been amazing. Because God could have been in that too, doing amazing things. But it only makes sense that if he could do that then, imagine what he can do now and tomorrow. Why get stuck on what was? Why do that? Because it, that's a trap. You'll get stuck looking back and you won't see or believe or have the faith for what God has in store for us. So we need to be flexible, stretchy, pliable, and Pastor David shared in three areas, in our body, in our minds, and in our hearts, that we need to be new wineskins to be able to, to hold what God wants to do in our life and through our life. And it's so critical for us to, to say, all right, Lord, I'm all yours. Whatever you want to do in 2023, I don't want my box, which is my understanding and my belief of what could actually happen in my life or in our church or in the kingdom or whatever. I want to throw that thing away because God's proven to me over and over and over that the best that I can come up with in my little head doesn't even come close to what he can make a reality. 
I, and I can tell y'all story after story after story after story in very recent stories where I'm like, okay, because I got to have something in front of me to aim for. I need a vision. I need a goal. I need to believe for something. And so I'm like, all right, what's the best case scenario? What's option A? You know what I mean? <laughs> and, I, and I know what options A's were in my head. And then I just keep sur surrendering it to the Lord, keep seeking the Lord. And then as the doors open and the steps become laid out and things start happening, I'm like, this makes what my option A was look like trash. It's incredible. So if I was so, if I was an old wineskin and I was so stuck on my way of thinking and what I could do or understand, I'd be stuck with option A as my best. And I probably couldn't pull it off anyway. So he's like, throw that thing away. Just follow me. Keep your eyes on me. Lift up your eyes and see what I can do. I'm going to do things. I'm going to make things a reality that you didn't even think of. You couldn't have thought of because you don't have that in your head. You can't imagine that. You're too stuck on your experiences, your knowledge, things that you have compiled to be able to form ideas and imaginations. And God's like, imagine what I know and what I can do. I have no limits. You're building everything off your limits. Throw that away. This is a brand new year, y'all. I don't know if y'all knew that. 2023 has never happened in the history of mankind. 2023 has never happened in this church ever. And I had this passing thought, and I wanted to kind of check myself to see if I was accurate. But I had the thought, I wonder if we have more people in this church from this local area than we do from how the church was planted with a lot of Shalmatians from Katrina. I think we have more local people in our church, maybe, them percentage-wise than we've ever had. And, and I feel like that is only a launching pad of sorts where our roots are a little deeper in the community that God's placed us in to grow, to really produce. You know, our, root, our roots need to be deep into this community. These neighbors need to know our name. You know, and we're working on that. And in this vision meeting coming up Friday, you're going to hear some exciting things that's going to help our roots grow even deeper into this community where we will be a household name for the people that we serve, that, we're, that are our neighbors. And so I was encouraged by that. And as I open up this morning, I want us to have that in our minds, is to lift up our eyes and to keep our eyes on our shepherd, not on the wind, not on the waves, not on our box, not on what the world is going after and all of their understanding. That's okay. They can do whatever they want. We're going to keep our eyes on our shepherd. Amen. So I want to open up with a silly question. And for those of you who were here four years ago and you were here and you heard me share this, this is a kind of a rerun. It's going to be good, though. It's, it's fresh. It's God's word. It never goes out of style or never gets stale. And, it, and there's always something new there that we can draw. But I want to ask you guys, if you could be an animal... What animal would it be? And y'all can shout them out. Go ahead. We can make this interactive. A lion. Well, who else? I want to be a giraffe. A giraffe. Come on. He'd be towering over everybody. An eagle so he can fly. Anybody else? Come on, a sheep. Wow, Paul. 
That's mighty humble of you. <laughs> I, I wanted to be an eagle. What is it? Sparrow. A sparrow. I think, think y'all kind of know where we're going with this here. So I wanted to be a bald eagle. And I already got the bald part down. So I'm halfway there. Half of it is because I just want to fly. Like if I could have one wish... Any kind of superpower, I think I'd want to fly. And I have dreams where I fly. And it's unbelievable. I'm really flying in my dreams. I can feel it. I can feel the shift and the weight and the gravity. I can, and, the, and the way I do it is kind of funny. I got to tell you all, this is just sidetracked. But it's like I'm swimming. Like say I'm standing on the bottom of a pool. It's like I'm swimming up to the top. And then I get a little elevation and then I can kind of swoosh around. It's so cool. I can get away from people. I can do all kinds of stuff in my dreams when I can fly. It's amazing. So, you know, you can kind of tell that there's a, a, a pattern there, you know. Nobody, Paul, you gave the right answer technically, you cheater, you. But nobody wants to be a weak, helpless animal. We want to be a lion. We want to be an eagle, tiger. Giraffe, see the whole savannah. We don't, we don't want to be down there. We want to be up here. And we want to be strong and we want to be self-sufficient, you know. And that's our, that's our normal lean. That's, that's a normal lean. But I do want to share some fun facts with you all about some sheep before we get in, keep going into this. Since Paul said he wanted to be a sheep, let's see what sheep are all about. First of all, fun facts, female sheep are called ewes. Male sheep are called rams, and baby sheep are called lambs. Sheep cannot clean themselves. Sheep become restless often due to hunger and bugs. Sheep are not intelligent animals. <laughs> sheep are directionless and get lost very easily. You're not doing too good, Paul. We're going to... We're going to have to go get you. We're going to have to send out our lions and our eagles to go find you. Sheep cannot right themselves from certain positions like on their back. If left unaided, they will eventually die within an hour. That's crazy. So actually, you know, the life of a sheep really doesn't sound that great. But I want to tell you all this morning... The message of my title is, it's actually a wonderful life as a sheep. It's a wonderful life as a sheep. Paul, you nailed it. You nailed it, Paul. The, 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 the perk, if you will, of being a sheep is you get a shepherd. Lions don't have shepherds. Eagles don't have shepherds. Sheep have a shepherd. And the most valuable thing that you can possess as a sheep is knowing that you have a shepherd. And that shepherd is the great God that we serve, that great king that sits on his throne, that is unchanged, unfazed, unshakable, all understanding, all powerful, knows the beginning from the end and everything in between, the number of hairs that are on your head before you were in your mother's womb, and how everything ends, and he's already got it all figured out and all perfectly under control. That's your shepherd. 
There is no lion or bear that can surprise the sh our shepherd. He already knows about the lion and the bear. And he'll even use the lion and the bear as a pawn just to teach the sheep a lesson sometimes and help them out. Having this understanding, you're going to find your three greatest needs met. And that is your salvation, your identity, and your future secured. So those three areas is how I want to break this down with us this morning. And the first I'm going to talk about is salvation or the rescue. All of us were lost at some point in our life. And by lost, I mean we were separated from our good shepherd, which is the Lord. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. We left. Yet the Lord laid on his son all of our sins so that we could all be restored, so that we could all be found. Now, there's two types of loss that I want to talk to you all about. The first one is, I'm going to read this passage and then I'll tell you. Matthew 25, 31 through 33. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. These two types of loss that I want to talk to you all about is a sheep who has wandered away and a goat. Interestingly, when we talk about a shepherd separating the sheep from the goats, it actually, taught, it actually took a skillful shepherd to be able to separate the sheep from the goats because they had so many similarities and they had so much of a likeness at first glance. You and I, if we saw a herd of sheep and goats or sheep with goats mixed in it, we may have a difficult time identifying which ones are goats. However, although they may look similar on the outside, they're very different in their behaviors and in their personalities. And then you'll understand why it was so important for a shepherd to separate sheep from goats. That, that separation needed to happen because they would get mixed up. And, and if, if the shepherd wasn't skillful, they would be mixed and it would be damaging to the flock. A wandering sheep, we talked a little bit about their characteristics, Paul. They're restless, they're directionless, and they're unintelligent. It's very easy for a sheep to wander from the shepherd. They're not intentionally doing it. They're just sheep. They're not intelligent. For us, this can happen when we can get distracted by the busyness of life. Holiday time, come on, y'all. Christmas is amazing. Thanksgiving is amazing. New Year's is amazing. But when you jam all those holidays together like that, and you have all these family get-togethers and all of these to-dos that you got to do. It gets busy, you know, and it's not bad. 
You know, we're not evil for celebrating with our family and getting together. I mean, it's not, it's a good thing. But it's easy for us to get distracted and lose sight of the shepherd during this time. Ambition, you know, wanting to better ourselves, wanting to better our life for our family and all of that can get us distracted. Temptation for the things of this world. We start to grow and maybe have more access to things in this world. And, oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. I want to go here. I want to go do this. And all of a sudden, we can get captured by what this world has to offer. All the hobbies and toys and places and things and passions, pleasures. Like, oh, it's so awesome. We all want all this stuff. And the more resources you have to access it, the more tempting all those things in the world can be or not you don't even have to have anything you can still be tempted by what this world has to offer and then the worries of this life these are all things that can distract us from the shepherd and we can wander Peter is a good uh, example of this when he lost his eyes from Jesus and looked at the waves and the cares of this life and started to sink you know he lost sight of his shepherd who was Jesus now goats, we're going to talk about goats. We're going to have a little fun with this. Goats are pretty funny when you start to understand what they're really all about. There's a reason you have to separate the goats from the sheep. So some of their characteristics at best, okay, this is the best way you can describe a goat's characteristics. Independent, opinionated, and curious. Can y'all see where we're going with this? Characteristics at worst is rebellious, dangerous, and destructive. Goats have a will of their own. There's a, there's a popular saying, I think it might be like Ireland, somewhere over there, that shepherds for sheep, they protect their sheep from the environment. But goat herders protect the environment from their goats. <laughs> and the prodigal son is a good example of this. Just will of his own. Give me my inheritance. I'm out of here. I'm doing my own thing, and nobody's going to talk me out of it. You have to imagine there was a lot of conversation trying to talk the, the, the prodigal son out of that. So the rescue. Matthew 18, 12 through 14. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that was lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the other 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it is my heavenly Father's will that not even one of these little ones should perish. Notice here that when the, when the shepherd was able to locate and bring that sheep back, there wasn't much effort or strength exerted by the sheep to be restored and, and returned to the flock. It was all the shepherd. The shepherd did all of that. And God can do the same thing with goats as well. He can take a goat and make him a sheep. Only God can do that. The devil's lies would say, you've gone too far, the best is in the past, and there's no way back. 
But the truth is, you know, that sheep could just roll over, literally, and die. One hour, let me end it. Sheep suicide. I'm lost. My shepherd's never coming. He doesn't care about me. It's over. I can't find my way back. I don't know where I am. And the devil would like that sheep just to roll over and die. Maybe that's where that saying comes from, roll over and die. I don't know. But the truth is, you can't go too far. And he will come to get you and bring you back. And the best is yet to come. Even though you've wandered as a sheep. The key there is that we don't want to be a goat. We don't want to have our own will, our own way, our own opinions, our own this, our own that. Be our own gods. That's what Adam and Eve did. That's what got us into this mess in the first place. And that's what our flesh wants to do. Our flesh is hostile to God, the Bible says. Our flesh doesn't want anything of God. It gets bored with church. It gets bored with reading the Bible. It doesn't want to hear anything about what the Lord wants for our life or his laws or anything. Love, forgiveness. No, that person wronged me. The flesh wants to do its own thing. It's like the flesh is the goat. But there's a sheep inside of each one of us that God wants to draw out and to lead. And that sheep will follow. So the second thing we're going to talk about, we just talked about salvation, the rescue, as one of our, as one of our three greatest needs. The second one is identity, God's special possession. God rejoices, that passage showed us, God rejoices when we are found. Notice how the shepherd rejoiced when he found the lost sheep, even more for the 99 that he already had. If you were one of the 99, and Pastor Carl preached a message recently about the older brother. If you were one of the ones that didn't wander, you would be a little maybe bothered like the older son was, or uh, confused like, Shepherd, you're, you're rejoicing over this lost sheep like they did something great. You're rejoicing over them like they did the wrong thing. We were over here doing the right thing. But you can see in just that, it's not your behavior that gets you God's pleasure. God loves you regardless. Just like a parent would love their child. Do we love the things that the children do sometimes? No, not at all. And we really don't like it when we see it bringing their destruction. But God loves you. He doesn't love the 99 more than the one that wandered away. In fact, he was so overjoyed to get that one back, he celebrates. He throws the feast. He kills the fattened calf. He grabs the best robe in the house and puts it on him. Luke 15, 10 says, In the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. And that prodigal son, as he began to come in from his life of sin, when he left as a goat and he was on the horizon as a sheep, needing his shepherd, that father ran to his son. He was on the lookout for his son. He saw his son from a far way off. And, and, and it reminds me a lot, and, and we had some conversation with the Hills about their son, 
in, in my story, I felt like there was times where I was a far way off. There was just a glimmer of hope. Something in me was breaking. And the Lord was after me. He was sending people to me. I wasn't, I wasn't even back yet. I wasn't free from sin. I wasn't even born again. But there was something breaking. My will was breaking. Things were cracking. And my desire for God was growing. And the father saw that from a long way off. And he ran to his son. And you may have some far off loved ones now. Some neighbors that you think would never accept Christ. Some family or whoever. But God can see their hearts. He can see them. He can see the cracks start to form. And he, can, he starts running after them. Matthew 25, 31 through 33. When, his, when he came to his senses, this is the prodigal son. He said, to, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion and ran to him, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And I experienced this, and I know many of y'all have experienced this as well. Pastor Carl always shares a story about when he came to the Lord, and it's like he saw the blood of Christ coming off of that cross and just washing him clean. And did I say that right? I think I said that right. And myself included, I felt many of y'all have heard my testimony about me being in the FEMA trailer and surrendering my life to Christ. I came to my senses. And... In my mind, it all took place in my mind. I, I was by myself. I didn't say one audible word. Everything in my mind, when I came to my senses and I, and I cried out for the Lord, I, I, I imagined, it's all hard to explain, but I imagined that the roof of my trailer was lifted off and this giant bucket of water was just dumped into my little 8 by 8 room and just filled it from bottom to top. And then I was just suspended in this weightless feeling of just the most unbelievable rush of peace and comfort. And it was years later, maybe 15 years later, that God showed me that was the father falling on his son. I was, I was 15 years later. I, I, I knew what I had experienced. I knew what I felt. But to actually know what was taking place, it, it blew my mind that that was him falling on me, pouring himself on me, pouring his love out on me. And he didn't withhold a single drop. And I was a punk, y'all. I was a little punk. Nobody in here would have liked me. I'm just telling you. You wouldn't have liked me. And I didn't like you. <laughs> I didn't like anybody. I, was, I only liked me. And if you could help me get what I wanted, then I liked you a little bit. That was it. Isn't that terrible? But God liked me. And he couldn't wait for me to come to my senses. And he's like, I'm going to blow your mind, little boy. 
And he did. And here, that's why I'm here 16 years later, almost 17 years later. The goat was the prodigal, but he came back as a sheep. And we have a loving father. How can we resist his love? How can we resist that? How can we be a goat out there, our own will, our own way, uh, struggling, fighting, uh, can't even make option A's work? Well, I, I, that wore me out. And I got to a point, like the son did, man, but the servants in my father's house, they have food left over. And I'm here as the son eating pig's scrap. The pigs leave behind. That's what I'm eating. That's, that's, that's no place to be. Yeah, you don't get to do your own way anymore and all that. So what? Let me have the shepherd. Let me be brought to some green pastures here. Let me be protected so I don't have to worry about if I'm going to get caught or something bad's going to happen to me all the time. And finally, that's what I want to talk about is our future secured. He knows the way. It's not easy. You have the weakness of a sheep paired with the temptations of a goat. You got a flesh to contend with. It's the goat. We all have a goat living in us. You can't get rid of it, but God can get rid of it. You, you surrender it. You die to it. You say, goat, you're not having your way anymore. I'm dead to you, goat. I'm going to be the sheep, and I'm letting the shepherd lead my way. And goat, you ever try to raise your head and come in here try to cause a ruckus? We're going to go on a fast. I'm going to starve you behind. <laughs> now who's in charge? You know, or, or whatever it may be. The flesh wants this, the flesh wants that. Nope, 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 nope. Because of this, we can never get too comfortable relying on our own strength, knowledge, and understanding. Sometimes when things are okay, it's tempting to start to rely on yourself. Start to rely on your own way of thinking, your own planning, your own provisions. It can't be that way. Don't ever be tempted to do that. Don't ever trade being a sheep for being a goat. Don't do it, Josh. Don't do it. Set it in your heart and in your mind that this is not an option. That's part of coming to the cross is that is a full surrender. You cannot receive salvation as a goat. You can't. The goat's got to die. You have to die. You deserved hell. You were buried with Christ in that baptism. You were dead. You were gone. And when you came up out of that water and you came to this cross to receive his life and his salvation, it was all about him. He was the shepherd and you were the sheep. The goat in all its destruction is far behind. And now the sheep, with the shepherd, your future, your way, everything is secured. You can see how even just a simple childlike question, what kind of animal would you like to be? We all want to be this awesome thing some way, somehow. I want to be a bald eagle. 
They're so majestic, fearsome. When you see a bald eagle, you look into its eyes, it's like, whoa. That thing could probably tear me limb from limb. And it's a bird. But there's a little bit of that goat that wants to be the man, that wants to be in charge, that wants to be strong. It's okay to be a sheep, Paul. I'm proud of you. Paul is a very humble person, for those of you all who don't know Paul. He's one of the most humble people that I know, actually. Very humble servant, just will do anything for anybody. And you hear that a lot about people, but it's like no questions asked, he's there. So we need to be aware. It's okay, you know, as a sheep, you're not bad because you're weak. It's okay. That's just who you are. You don't have to beat yourself up for having weaknesses of a sheep, directionless, unintelligent. Listen, when it comes to eternity and the world and all of human history and creation and revelation and, listen, you're unintelligent. You just don't know. If you think you know, it reveals that you're unintelligent. <laughs> you know? <laughs> because God knows. There's nothing hidden from him. He knows every person's motives. He knows everything that happens in dark rooms. He knows everything that happened in the Garden of Eden. He knows everything that happened in Babylon. He knows what's going to happen in Revelation. He wrote it all out. He knows everything. We don't know anything. We can't get our story straight if we talked about what happened last week at our house together. We were all there, and we still can't remember the story perfectly straight. And, and then we come out, and we, I know this, and you know that, and I know what Revelation says, and he knows what happened in 1862. And it, it's like, we don't know. We don't, what do we know? But we know who knows. Can we just cling to him and just follow him and say, you know what? I, I don't know about all of that. I wasn't there, but he was there, and I'm just going to trust him. I'm just going to follow him. Would you please come with me? Can we do that together? Yes. Psalms 37.4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Because we have desires in our heart that we are afraid that they'll never get met. If we do this or we do that, we'll never get to see our dreams realized. And you know, the younger you are, the more terrifying that is. You know? I know that... I, I don't know if I'm normal, I think I'm normal, but I feel like I have all these desires and all these passions just bottled up inside of me, and I get on tangents sometimes, exerting myself in different ways, pursuing different interests and things or whatever, and, and there's a little part of me that's like, well, I'm never going to get to have fun and do that or do this or whatever, you know, but then I have to be reminded my option A, God makes that look like silly. That was it. That was the best you could come up with. And what I think that I might miss out on, 
as a sheep following the shepherd, God is going to make what, what needs to happen in your life, that's going to make what you thought you desired look silly. And some of it will be exactly what you desired, but you never thought it could come true. You never thought you'd have the money for that. You never thought you'd have the time for that. You never thought you'd meet so-and-so. But then, God did it. So don't worry about your future. Don't worry about, am I going to be taken care of? And don't, don't take the bait being a goat and saying, well, I'm going to make it happen. Don't do that. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Don't do that. The prodigal son thought, I'm going to do me. And my resources to do that is my inheritance and my father's got it. I'm going to get that. I'm taking control here and I'm going to make this thing happen. And in the end, it leads to death. Don't try to outsmart God. You know, and I, I would encourage y'all with this too. People, no matter what the position is or whatever, we don't know everything, but God uses people to lead us, to guide us. So when I say things like follow the shepherd and don't take the thing and go your own way, you know, and not what God wants, be careful what people God has put in your life to lead you, to give you vocal cords to connect with your eardrums so that you could get the message loud and clear. So your imagination and whatever else doesn't get in the way and cloud your judgment. He gave us words that we can understand, written down, to make it loud and clear. So be, definitely don't ever go away from this. This is what it is. But be very, very cautious if you ever receive counsel from your pastors. And they're like, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Don't go that way. You should do this. Don't do that. Whatever it is. You know, especially if they're backing it up with scripture, don't say, well, no, nah, I'm doing my own way. Children, obey your parents. That is God's way of leading you into, you're the sheep. God's the good shepherd. He uses parents to lead the children into the way that the shepherd is bringing them. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Don't, don't. Say, well, my parents don't know anything, and they don't understand, and I'm going my own way. Don't do that. I know it's tempting to do it, and I've done it plenty of times. I was a pro. I moved out the second I could. All that. I, that's, how, that's how much I was like that. Like, I didn't want support. I didn't care. I was like, I just want to be out of here. I want to be my own man. I want to be free to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. And then, you know what? I ended up going straight from my parents' house. I was 17. I wasn't even 18 yet. Straight into a scam. I got scammed. <laughs> Traveling the country selling magazines that people would never receive. <laughs> Looking in the classified sections, make $1,200 a week. I'm like, whoo, that's a lot of money. 
I'm out of here. God protected me from a lot of stuff, y'all, but I did all kinds of dumb stuff. Thank you, Lord, that it, he, his mercy never fails. So we don't even have to worry about making a wrong turn and doing all this. If we can just maintain the posture of a sheep and be humble and just follow the shepherd the best that we can, he's got everything else taken care of. Can we do that for 2023 together? Can we kill the goats just bring all the goats up and slaughter them right here. And we're going to just walk out of here as sheep that are excited about our shepherd. And we're glad that we're sheep. Hey, I don't need to be an eagle, a bald eagle, which is really awesome. But you know what? My shepherd's even more awesome. So if I get the shepherd, I'll be the sheep all day. Amen? Amen. Y'all can bow your heads this morning.